What's up, beautiful people? This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Born to Rise. Born to Rise is an incredible foundation that offers a platform for regular people to share their heartfelt stories of how they overcame hardships and traumas. Born to Rise hosts annual events with guest speakers from around the world to come here in Montreal and talk. They are planning to expand across Canada. For more information, visit borntorise.net and stay connected with such a powerful cause. There's a big Born to Rise event coming up in the next few months in Montreal. If you're around the area, check out borntorise.net, get your tickets, and come and see what this event is all about. Are you tired of wearing the same old boring clothes? Don't you want clothes that represent something that you're passionate about or just something that makes you and your friends laugh? Then go check out stylishremix.shop. They have super awesome t-shirts, hoodies, socks, and pillows with funny puns, movie references, and cute avocados to brighten up your wardrobe and make your style unique. Use the code name CHIMPS10 and save 10% off any and all purchases. If you want to get a nice gift for a friend, girlfriend, or whoever, they have a really cool um, t-shirt that's a Tyrannosaurus Rex holding a wine glass, and it says Winosaurus on it. So go get yourself a Winosaurus t-shirt today at stylishremix.shop with the code name CHIMPS10. Save 10% off that purchase and show the world that you are a Winosaurus. Welcome to Curious Chimps Podcast. I'm Nathaniel Pearl. And I'm Sammy Sheva. And welcome. We here at Curious Chimps are law-abiding citizens. We do not endorse anything illegal. And anything we discuss is for entertainment and not information purposes. We are not experts, and nor do we claim to be. So please, consult the doctors, do your research, read the label, and for the love of all that is holy, be safe. All right, let's talk about drugs. Curious, curious, curious chips. Sammy man. The Sammy man. Can't do it. You have some ancient Egyptian. Bro. Yes, that's new school Egypt, actually. It's a new school, yeah. It's from now uh, that we know. Yeah. <laughs> now that we know better. Yeah. It's from uh, Disney World, or no, uh, Universal Studios. Cool. Yeah. It's pretty badass. Some Pharaoh, some Ooh. King Tut, Ramses the Third, whatever. I don't yeah. know. I don't know history. Raw. This ain't a history channel. Is it? I ain't a historian. It's funny because last podcast was was one of the titles was uh, ancient civilizations. Because we did a whole thing on Egypt. Well, we're curious chimps. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. We're curious about history. We're history. We're, what's the, um, we're jacks of all trades. Jacks of all trades. Yeah, why not? Jack Jack of all trades? Jacks it's of it's all trades? It's a jack trade? of all trades. Jack, whatever. We're yeah. those things. <laughs> we're just Masters curious chimps, of none. Under that blanket, we're able to talk about whatever. Yep, I love it. We're geniuses. We set ourselves up for success. Yeah, and we have a disclaimer, so nothing we say you could take for literal. It's all it's for like entertainment purposes. Exactly. It's 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 all uh, it's like the points on whose line is it anyway? Yeah, it doesn't matter. The points don't matter. Oh, this pen is fun. You and your pens, bro. Where's yeah, that? Where's that crazy pen you had? Oh, the endless writing one. Yeah. It's in my pocket. Oh, yeah? <laughs> it's good to flip, too, because it's just solid metal. It's so heavy. Oh, it's nice weight to it. I love it. You know when you're like a kung fu master and you like pick up a knife and you're like, oh, it's well balanced or whatever. Like That's what I do with pens. <laughs> I feel like you're good with nunchucks. Am I correct? I'm, I never really practiced, but like the first time I ever took some, I kind of knew what to do. I have a feeling you'd be good at it. 
Like I, I, would, I it's so hard to actually utilize. It's one of the few weapons I find you actually have to learn to flare with first. Yeah. Like if you learn to use a fucking bow staff or something, it's like defend, attack, up attack, down attack, turn an attack into a defend or vice versa, whatever mm. the fuck. But with nunchucks, you're just flailing this thing that's like two sticks attached to each other by a flimsy chain. Yeah. And even if you hit somebody successfully, you have to make sure it doesn't hit you back on the way back. So they just you just got to learn how to flip it, not knock yourself out. Yeah, for sure. And then you're like, so okay, bruises. now you can learn how to hit yeah. people. <laughs> for sure, so many bruises and and like damaged tissue from uh, getting used to it. Yeah, there's this like, you know when you take a stick and you kind of like let it go behind your hand yeah, and yeah. you like catch it? If You can kind of just do that with nunchucks. Like oh. you, you, you let go and the chain like jumps onto your, your hand and you can just kind of and then grab the bottom one. Damn. And then you can like... It's really No fun. one uses nunchucks anymore. It's I not mean, a, it was maybe in, they do. Bruce Lee was like, uh, I think he was promoting that shit like crazy in movies. I think he was just the man. Like even his, like those, those things on YouTube where he's just like, like playing ping pong. I don't know nunchucks. if that's a real video though. <laughs> I, I did some digging. I think it was an ad campaign for some product. And oh. they just staged this whole thing. Because I, I saw that video and for years I'm like, fuck, Bruce Lee's the biggest badass. He was playing ping pong with nunchucks, get some pro. But it turned out that was a staged fucking thing. It wasn't even Bruce Lee, I don't think. Really? It was just a commercial. Yeah, it was something. like a commercial. I just remember like seeing the, it on TV when I, I was know. young, and, I, and I'm like, nah. <laughs> they recreated it, but it's real. I don't yeah. know. I don't, you see his real stuff when he's in fights and stuff, and it's not it's not like amazing, but he's very effective. Yeah. But then you see, like, you know, he puts the, he, they throw matches at him, and he and he, he lights them with his nunchucks by putting, like, a strip of sandpaper or something oh, on, yeah, the, that's on what the back. Oh, yeah, that's what he did. Yeah. Yeah, like, that's... That's like a trick, you know? It's like it's it's he is doing that, but it's not as hard as you think. Mm. It's still very impressive, but it's like when someone puts a nail through their fucking nose. <laughs> yeah. You're like, that's gross, and I don't know how to do that. But they're not actually putting a nail in their face. There's like a space like that goes straight back into your nasal cavity. And that's and the they can just You can just put a nail Oof. in there. Oof. Like you see them, they take a hammer out and they lightly tap it. And yeah. it's like, it's cause they're not actually nailing their face. So it's like sleight of hand tricks, but with the face. It's not sleight of hand. It's like just, it's exploiting something that you don't understand. Mm. That's a better way of putting it. Yeah. You know, like someone who eats a light bulb actually eats a light bulb. Jeez. But they just know what to do. They know how to chew it to a point where it gets fine enough that it doesn't damage their, their insides. And it can't be too fine either because that will also damage them. But they also eat a fibrous diet. I think I think like I actually brought this up on the podcast already. Is that possible? For eating glass? Eating like a guy, like someone who eats a light bulb. Oh, I don't think so. I don't know. It's the first time I'm hearing it. I feel like I'm yelling. I'm going to like up my but, um, sound. You know what always amazes me is those guys that swallow swords. Ooh, that and, one fucks on me. And it's just the way they position their body. It's just so the sword like goes down without piercing anything. And it's like tickling their fucking stomach. How crazy is that? <laughs> I don't want to think about it. Like there has to, you know, everything you do, there's a trial and error. And there's usually a lot of errors before you get it. <laughs> That's so, such a good point. I always wondered like how many failures and what were the failures like? Maybe those guys are just dead. So you never hear about them. <laughs> Jeez, because one slip up, you're, you're cutting open the intestinal tract. Imagine you have to sneeze. Oh, or you have an ass itch and you're just trying to scratch it <laughs> from the inside. <laughs> oh, I got it. You ever seen the guy who swallows like golf golf balls and and um, uh, what's it called, pool balls? Oh, and he just like he goes like, huh, and he like spits it out again. It <laughs> yeah, I love that guy. <laughs> He's a character too, eh? He's 
but you like, know what makes me laugh is like when he he swallows like a locked like a, like some kind. What is that? My alarm. Your alarm? Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. I was like, what is that music? It's all good. Now, question: Is it still recording the video? Probably not. <laughs> okay, we're going again. <laughs> two files. Take two. Take two. First time that happened. Oh, that's funny. Okay. Okay, so we start from the beginning. So Bruce Lee, what were you doing? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, no, but you were saying about the guy. Yeah, the dude who swallows the lock. Okay, so yeah. so it's that's a magic trick also, right? He's not doing some magical guttural fucking stomach. I don't know what. And then he's unlocking it somehow. Because he, he swallows the lock, then he swallows the key. So what I what I'm assuming is happening is that it's a trick lock, maybe or something. I don't know. Or he's previously swallowed a lock. Another, another one. <laughs> another lock. <laughs> Fuck. So he, his only trick is that he can swallow shit and vomit it back up whenever he wants. So, <laughs> but then he just uses that as like an illusion so power. He, is it the same guy? I don't know. Okay. But he goes, huh, and it's then the same guy, slaps yeah. his chest and then something comes up again. So, so he has a lock, unlocked lock in his belly already before he does the <laughs> act. <laughs> That's, That's it. He's just swallowing <laughs> a bunch of stuff backstage. <laughs> like in a certain order also. <laughs> you know, it's amazing. It's, it's entertaining, but it's such a limited act. You're like, like, what are you going to swallow next after a, a, a fucking pool ball and a, and a lock and a go- golf ball? There's not much you could do. And a, like a live fish. You did a live fish? For sure. <laughs> I saw that one. That was, what was that was fun with uh, David Blaine because he's like been a really, I mean, he kind of like, he was like, he just got famous on TV, but like he, he did a lot of street magic. He kind of, he popularized that or maybe even coined it or invented it in mm. some way. I don't know. But uh, then he did this netflix special i forgot what it was called it was like mat like real or magic or something like that and it's like a bunch of celebrities you know like the the breaking bad guys brian cranston and oh yeah, yeah. the main character jesse's name yeah. i don't remember his real yeah. name i love he's such a good actor though and like yeah. uh ricky gervais and like a bunch of other people i don't remember and he's doing tricks for them and it's all stuff like that it's all like kind of illusion but like he's actually just doing the mm. thing and yeah. it's so fucked up because he's like he's with Ricky Gervais and he just stabs. I a piece saw of that metal one. I saw his the arm. one in his arm and he's just like fishing it through. They were at a dinner table, right? Like at a at a restaurant. And he's and then he and then he pulls it out and there's no blood because he's like doing some kind of yeah. technique or it's the, the the blade or something or it's just gonna piss blood later. Like I don't know what the thing is. And then Ricky Gervais is like, "That's the trick, isn't it? You're, you just actually stabbed your arm. Like he figured it out. He's yeah. like, "There's no trick. That's the trick." And I, I was so happy that he figured it out because David Blaine was just like, I don't know. You know, like he's just, he's just <laughs> so being mysterious. David Blaine. Yeah. No, but, he's not mysterious, man. That kid's broken. Like he yeah. has no facial expression. He's just like, <laughs> hey, I'm flying now. Yeah. You know, like, bro, like <laughs> the, the mind freak guy, the, the, Chris Angel, he was more yeah. like yeah. animated. David Blaine is just dead face. Have you ever oh. seen the video? I was dying, man. It was, um, it was like a, like a, like a, a morning television show, I think in like the Ukraine or something. And this musician came on and he was doing a magic trick alive because he was performing that weekend. So he was promoting it. This is going to end badly, isn't it? P- potentially. So <laughs> here's my logic. You saw it, which means it made it online, yeah. which means America's Funniest Home Videos. <laughs> like this guy's got hurt. I don't know if it would make Funniest Home Videos. So he puts like, the th- you know those, that trick where they have like the, the, 
the paper bag, three paper bags, and one of them oh, underneath is the yeah. fucking giant screw. So he puts it under. There's one giant screw and, th- and two normal ones that are empty. So he's like moving it around and he's holding the host's hand. It's like this female, like this poor little frail woman. Oh, no. And he goes with her hand. She's panicking and he slaps it. It's good. It's good. Okay. So there's two left. 50-50 guess. He moves them around. And then she's like, no, no, no. I don't want to do it. I don't want to. And he goes and he hits. And you see the resistance because it hit the nail. And then he pushes harder. And then he realizes what happened. And she's panicking in the corner, freaking out. And it was just like the most awkward because it's oh, live no. television. That's not <laughs> what I thought, but that's still terrible. Just pure awkward. Like, what the fuck? Everyone's like, what, what do we do? Her hand is ripped in half. Yeah. So oh, that, Google that fuck. if you guys are crazy. Uh, it's a funny video. Unfortunately, it's funny. It's that dark humor, but it's uh it's out know, there I see some horrible shit sometimes like i yeah. see there's these there's these youtube videos where it's just like one clip after the other it's like this add entertainment mm. and uh, oh there's a first hour okay. and uh <laughs> we can hear it that's a good test yeah and uh sometimes there's 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 that meme where it's like the end of the episode of curb your enthusiasm where there's that song oh yeah they put it like everything out. exactly it's so funny so there's some horrible thing that's like <laughs> just happening in front of you and before it gets really bad it cuts and there's just a yeah and the credits start playing but it's like sometimes it's a it's like a guy with a crossbow and he's like trying to shoot an apple off of his friend's head and it just goes straight for his face and then it just cuts and you're like that guy dead what did i just watch like how does that end you almost like half of you wants to go online and find it and the other half of you is like walk away bro there's no happy ending here so true i see so many videos like that where it cuts and i'm like what's the story behind this is this person okay usually like i find i when i check they're usually okay but sometimes it's just terrifying i don't even want to look you know yeah man i don't know sometimes it's like bad but just cringy and like not no one died yeah you know like the how can she slap guy you remember oh, that? It's epic, man. Dude. I don't <laughs> know like, the story. Like, Why'd you go all? fuck off then? He's like, no, you. And the girl, the girl slap. they're like on stage. It's like some kind of show. She yeah. gets like too into it and she cracks him across the face and he just fucking sees red and bitch slaps her. And yeah. every single man <laughs> behind the camera, like 40 guys just start coming up and stopping him and fighting him and he's just yelling how could you slap <laughs> over and they over were kicking his fucking ass too dude man. like he was she probably down. started getting mad at him and then it became a fight so they just all po- dogpiled him or something i don't know see it's one of those where i don't want to know the background because then it's going to make sense. Like, I want to leave it as mysterious as it is and just enjoy it for what it was. Just laugh at it. Just, yeah, like, I didn't get slapped. slapped. Exactly. You know? I didn't slap. I didn't get slapped. And it's then how much, could she slap? As much as I know about it, is all I know is that I think it was a dominatrix show where she makes them do, like, like ridicule th- ridiculous things to ridicule them. Maybe the first thing he said was, no slap. <laughs> and then she slaps and he goes, how could she slap? Like, we don't know the whole story. It's true. That's it. That's the internet. You never get the full story. You get bits and fragments of information. That's life, G. That's true. That's life. Robert Anton Wilson. Yes, his initials spell out raw. He said, there's no, you don't see reality. You don't get to. Everyone has a reality tunnel. The grass is not green. I perceive the grass to be green. That's how there is no is. It's true. Which is a confusing sentence. Isn't he the one that made that language you were talking? E squared or something? E prime. He's the one? Yeah. That's, I don't remember all the rules. It's like, you can't say I. You can't say is. There's just no like declarative statements. Everything might be. It's but it's spot on though. 
Well, it's it's more accurate, and yeah. it's fun because he wrote entire books like that. That's, that's kind of reframes one. your whole way of thinking. I think that was his point. Yeah. yeah, he was a deep philosopher, and he was just like, "There is no reality. You are perceiving your reality tunnel. That's your reality. Hmm. That's what. That's another way of explaining a kind of collective consciousness. Is like." the direction we're all pointing our tunnels towards so that like i can say this is a round table and then i can like i can walk in here blindfolded and feel the table and go this is a round table then i can like someone else can walk in blindfolded have never seen the table before and touch it and go yep round table and we agree on it with limited information but we have previous concepts that will force us to see this a certain way and he's trying to escape that he's trying to be aware of the reality tunnel and say what can we I mean, I don't even know if he pushed it that far, but that's my question is once you can start removing layers, it's like you can rebuild in a more honest way and start seeing shit for real. Mm. And then that's a lot of yoga for me. It's just like, what am I adding? What am I creating? And how much of that is bullshit? And with the ayahuasca, with meditation, there's all these moments where it's like, oh, just music made me uplift. You know, ever since the ceremony, one big thing I have as a behavioral change is this like, I have way more energy than I think. And it's so cool because yeah. I was like in the pits and then, you know, they just start playing some fucking, I am great. You get charged with yeah. this fuel. And I just, all of a sudden my muscles are awake. I'm sitting up straight. And five seconds ago, I didn't have any energy. I had no will to fucking do that. I know. And it was will. It yeah. wasn't the chemical energy. Because nothing changed my, inside you. Yeah. It was a decision. And I didn't realize it was a decision. That's what's fucked up. Why does that happen? Oh. <sighs> That's a good question. I think it's, uh, I mean, I don't want to say generally like, oh, it's upbringing and blah, blah, blah. It's like there's a, there's a lot of little ways that we ch- can be the victim because that's the contrast for where we can be victorious, hmm. where we can't be victorious. So there are spots where we can be victorious in our life. There's this contrast created. It's this parallel thing and this dichotomy mentality where we have to have balance in a sense. And that's why yoga is cool too, is because you're kind of destroying this and trying to live in this non-dual perspective whilst being, again, like living dually, essentially accepting duality. You're not, mm. you're not escaping it in any way physically, but you're just realizing none of it really exists in some way as well, you know? So the mechanism I think is, is it's just this it's in a again i don't want to be too general because i feel like i'm escaping my honesties but like there it is a victim thing it is just oh i am it's not even word like the the the, our 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 consciousness is not made up of words but we have this 10 percent or the surface crust that's all words and then i can go deeper than that and i can get into my mind and still just the conscious mind And then there's all these programs running that are not verbalized, but I do agree. I make an agreement with the universe or with myself, if that's a different thing, but like with my reality and I say, here I am weak and here I am strong. Hmm. And the truth is, and if I'm weak when I'm in, when I think I should be strong, I'm fucking shattered. And to be strong in those weak moments, I need to like believe it or else it's never going to happen unless like some extenuating circumstance happens and then I surprise myself but even then an excuse can come up and I can write it off as a as like a momentary lapse in reality or something it's so easy to go back you know so that's what it is it's, it's like that's just talking about vipassana that's like that sense the sensation level of the unconscious mind manifests into a thought 
and then that thought is how you're going to perceive and how you're going to act and yeah. if that feeling comes out oh, like I'm shit then you're going to act in that way and it's just like this they're all happening at the same time it's just what you're manifesting is literally how you're going to dictate your life yeah and you it's know? and it's I mean you said unconscious and I like that I think I never had a placement for that word because I understand I can conceptualize the conscious and the word, the layer of words, like I said before. Yeah. That's just how my mind works. It might not be everybody. But then this unconscious is the things in the conscious that you're just not aware of. Yeah. But then the subconscious is like you have to really, you have to almost reverse engineer. Like you're not even going to be able to really feel around in the subconscious. You don't have a guy there. You don't have no. a, a line. There's no form of that. ego there. It's just. Yeah. It's so just, there's no perception there yeah. maybe. It's like the thing that makes your heart beat. The yeah. thing that makes you breathe when you're when you're thinking of something, when you're writing something yeah. or typing something up, you're not thinking about these things. There's programming and DNA and all that shit yeah. under there. And know? a bunch of stuff, like those are simple things, biological, you know, like beats. But yeah. there's all these psychological beats that are just, you know, it's it's kind of beyond us. And I, I like the concept of shadow work. It's like a popular thing in, in, in these you know, in these circles, in these like new Shadow age circles. Work. Yeah, it's the idea of finding out. I mean, I could be wrong also because I feel like I'm not super familiar with this concept, but the way I understand it so far and I try to apply it in my life is looking at what, I, what I'm doing and why I actually want to do it. And there's a lot of good reasons why I want to do it. And there might be some reasons that are very selfish as well. Mm. And I feel like that's true very often. Maybe in everything I do, even the things that are really good or really selfless, I want to be selfless in that moment. I, even if I don't want to be and choose to be, I see a value in that. So There's always a shadow desire or a decision or it's something totally ego-fueled, mm. totally, maybe maybe like we said, subconscious. And Well, it makes you feel good, right? It, it does give a plus one to that bank. Yeah, and that, that might not always apply though. There's a lot mm. of like, you know, uh, like uh, uh, anger is is addictive, mm. you know. So it makes you feel good. I guess. I guess. Yeah. It, well, it does. It gives you a feeling. You know, something you're looking for, not necessarily good, but I think I think it encompasses that, but it encompasses so much more because it's so subconscious that you mm. will surprise yourself. It's almost like you look back on your life, not necessarily your entire past, but like the past few days or like certain actions that you took, and you go, "Why did I do that?" Yeah. And then it's so buried that you have to go, why would I do that? You know, like, let's say this Sammy character, I'm not Sammy right now, I'm just looking into this past, happens to be mine, but I'm looking at it in a detached sense, and I go, why would someone do that? And then I start going, oh, maybe he was scared. Maybe he was mad about that thing that happened five years ago, even though he wasn't thinking about it. It's just, and then, it's there. Yeah, and then one of those things just rings. One of those things is like mocking you, or teasing you a little bit, and you realize that it's true. Because I used to do, I'm a pro at that. I used to do that so much. I was an avoidance tactic, actually. Mm. I would go, oh, it could be, ba 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 ba, and I wasn't just feeling what it was. And I, I find myself talking to people that way now when I want them to go deeper. Again, just in that conscious layer, mm. I just go stop and feel. Give me the true answer. I don't care how long it takes. I don't care if it takes an hour. But no one's going to take that hour. They're going to feel pressured. It, it doesn't work. Yeah. But we have that ability. But this shadow work thing, it's like stopping and using your logical brain to kind of reverse engineer your actions and to, and to kind of coax an answer out because so, it is buried. So, so this is, let's say, um, 
I when I did I said something to someone, then the shadow work will be me thinking of why I said that particular thing in that moment. Is it? Yeah. Am I, am I putting like a a reasoning behind everything I do? That's a really good way of putting it. It's like just assuming there is a reason behind everything we okay. do, and it could be like past, uh, you know, regurgitation. You know, like certain patterns coming up just to protect you because of trauma. Uh, it could be whatever the opposite of that is, you know, in like a lighter sense, you yeah. know, like you just have an expectation for uh, to seek some kind of pleasure, like the the craving and aversion argument yeah. that you hear that you that you that gets drilled into you in in uh, vipassana. A lot of or all of our actions, unless we're very conscious of it, is us avoiding something that made us uncomfortable in the past or seeking something that made us comfortable in the past or pleasurable or whatever. I think that's been my biggest lesson in 2019 continue onwards is just that is is instead of acting on just aversion and avoidance and all that mm -hmm. looking at why am i doing certain patterns and it's it's been fucking hard work man it's been it really hard be. work because you have to go into the depths of your mind and the subatomic level even where you're like what the fuck there's pain here or something that making me do this decision and for the longest time i was telling you it was like junk food was a serious fucking crutch for me mm -hmm. and like at the surface i'm just ordering food and eating it and then you go a little bit underneath you're like okay i'm craving the food uh, there's like it tastes good it's making me happy and then you keep peeling the layers peeling there and then what's going on here oh wait you're feeling a little bit down why are you feeling down you go lower feeling lonely okay you go lower feeling unfulfilled feeling and you keep pulling till you find insecure, out insecure afraid, angry afraid. afraid yeah um this this like self-sabotaging feeling that you have that we all have and, and it manifests differently for everyone but at the surface it's just you ordering food and enjoying it but then once you go down in the, with the submarine it's like this fucking dark corner yeah. but you have to look at it in order to get rid of it man and that's fucking hard it's so you innocuous know? right you're just like oh i'm just ordering mcd's or something like oh once a month or whatever and yeah. but the pa the pattern might burst into it might bloom in different ways in your life but it's this source like you're saying this hard work and not it's not complicated you just ran uh, ran down it in 10 seconds but it's like emotionally uh resisting resistant or whatever like uh but resistible. it calcifies man it calcifies because the the longer you feed that pattern when you go into it you're looking into years of neglect of of something that you could have fixed at the moment but you weren't aware of it or you suppressed it mm -hmm. so that's therapy right that's that's usually i can imagine what happens when you go to a therapist is you're you're going into the unconscious of where it started yeah i can't wait to start fucking, therapy man yeah. i have like good coverage at my job now and mm -hmm. i just want to go and jump into it because like yeah. for me personally when i the deeper i go the more detached i become and the more intellectualized it is mm. and that's kind of what i was alluding to before like I'm really good at avoiding by kind of exploring possibilities. And then it's like over there, it's in front of me. It's like a brochure and it's like, no, this is your life, bro. This is you. Mm. This isn't a, this isn't a menu. And you're going like, oh, humans might do this or do this. Like I have to, I have to come back to the fact that it's me. And, uh, I feel like a, a professional who's like catching me on all my bullshit is just gonna in the first place make me feel like i need to just be more honest mm. and get like bang for my buck even though i'm lucky to not have to pay for it or some of it anyway yeah. but it's just like it's time spent and it's like i'm there for a reason and i just feel like it'd be so beneficial but mm. I, I like i'm I, if anyone's like you're listening to this and you're and you're i'm wrong about shadow work i like i know i'm in the vein i know i'm i know i'm touching on it but i might be wrong or i might be missing a lot like please hit us up you know, mm. get the social media fucking bumping. We yeah. we, we wanna 
we want to start reading comments we want to start interacting with you guys but uh i i i think i'm i think that's what it is anyway it sounds right but i don't know any better we can find out it could be the the wrong terminology but it's still a very useful um technique but that's why i like i think therapy i've never done it i understand it and at some point in my life i would love to try it but Mm. like i can see the effects it has on my friends who have been through therapy and and all that stuff but it's really that it's just diving into the those layers we've been ignoring our whole lives and those layers that we've ignoring we've been operating on symptom to those layers you know yeah that's that's, it's you know and i realized it gets so deep in the patternings that we function the patterns we function our lives on to the point where think of anxiety okay Mm. if you have high anxiety fun what's going to happen when you feel emotions of anxiety? <laughs> if you feel like the emotion of anxiety the feeling of anxiety you start to seclude yourself stay home right let's that's the beginning okay let's say you start staying home as a more of a pattern there's an event you're invited to you you ditch it the last minute you stay home because you felt anxious then maybe throw in comfort food you're getting anxious you eat comfort food it, it settles the anxiety for a few hours few days whatever then uh, the, a TV show that you just binge gets rid of that state of anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, lack of training because you're just afraid to go out. And it's just it's building off of that pattern of lifestyle to the point where it, your anxiety has made a cocoon of, of a of way of life around you. So now you're a victim to your entire way of life because of that anxious state. So now it's not as simple as just go to the gym. You're not going to be anxious anymore. It's you, you're, you're huddled around by this, this blanket you've created for yourself. And it's just deeper and deeper and deeper and more comfortable, more comfortable. And then like just fucking going to the gym or going, uh, cutting out that food is just such a task, you know? Yeah. A lot of forgiveness is needed. You know, I think, uh, if you go into some kind of shadow work or into like a therapy or something, I mean, therapy is guided by a professional. So I'm sure there's a lot of positivity Mm. there, you know, especially these days, there's so much more information. I would love to talk to somebody, honestly, but we should get a psychologist on here. Oh, we really should. I know a few. Yeah. <gasps> Amanda. I know this girl, Mandy. She, Called I love her. out. Yeah, no, I, I click Amanda. with her so We're well. making this a meme. Amanda. I met her like twice and we're just like friends. Psychologist? Like, yeah, she's in, uh, wow. she's like still in school, but she's like really, really like, she's like 10 years more in, you know, she's like nice. doing stages and, and already working with patients and stuff wow. like that. And I would love to get her on. She's a, she's just fun to talk to also, Sweet. but she's, she knows her shit. Let's do it, man. Make that happen. I'm going to, I'm going to call her up. Um, (laughs) What was I saying? So there's uh, there's that need for forgiveness to kind of progress forward because now that you have this cocoon, like that's what Paul Selig's guides say, whatever you want. Like Paul Selig says, uh, fear breeds fear, fear, fear gets you fear. You make a decision in fear. It's going to give you a result of, of fear, like something made of fear. Also like you're that it's always been hard for me to explain that. But I understood the concept, but you just explained it perfectly. One decision, it's hard to call it a decision. Like, it is a decision, but I I forgive myself and I forgive others. I understand you're going through something in that moment and you're making a bad decision, you know? But it's just what needs to happen in that moment for you to learn, for us to learn. So you start creating this life that looks like that. And then to go to the gym has all these obstacles because you you've made you know like you don't even have a gym bag anymore or you don't even want to go out because blah or because this or that like again it's like i've already i've always had a hard time explaining it but Mm. 
you're, you're, you've set yourself up. You kind of have to go backwards now and chip away at this cocoon. Yeah. And it, it'll take time. And that time is harder and harder for us to accept because of uh, this like prevalence of depression and, and ADD. I think one is holding the hand of the other because the more distracted we are, the harder it is to b- sit down, buckle down, to fix what we want to fix, to change what we want to change, to even realize we need to make those changes. You know what I'm realizing? Sorry. Just that the reason why it's so hard in today's time is I'm just seeing it's because everyone's in a fucking cocoon now. And the walls are so thick that communicating with each other about these deeper issues is so hard. Mm -hmm. There's no support. I mean, it's growing now. We're seeing more and more, even a big name starting to poke through and say, bring more awareness to mental health and all these things. Yeah, of course. But imagine that we're all just sheltering ourselves into these balls of, of comfort and from shielding ourselves from the expanding and coming out of the cocoon. Yeah, society pulled the rug under us, man. Uh, the the way we evolved was to be that way, but to be in a clique, to be in a, a small group or a big group, actually, but a group nonetheless. But now we lost the group and we still have all the instincts. And that's that's the that's the that's the description. The, uh, that's a, that's the description of our problems is we're yeah. we're this animal and we're completely out of our habitat, which is so funny and ironic and everything because we're creating our habitat or our environment yeah. or whatever. But you know it's uh we're we're still young we're kind of like an adolescent or or even preteen uh species or whatever you yeah. want to call it you know f- considering like our potential just hitting the teens yeah. just there's, hitting puberty there's this book called the human zoo i don't remember who it's by i read it a long time ago and it shaped a lot of the way i see this stuff and it's it literally just described like it it set up the beginning of the book was a lot of like this is why like humans are monkeys we're fucking monkeys bro look at the, look at how these monkeys act that's how we act in these situations look at how these monkeys just all these examples and and also like it, it goes into history and and anthropology and and archaeology like it makes all these points to show Look, this is what I'm going to be talking about. This is the f- like we are we do act like this. And then look and then it starts talking about how monkeys act in a zoo. Yeah. And then it starts comparing it to how we're acting in a city. And it's a Whoa. little concerning Whoa. to say the least. I mean it's it's very con- it's like a it's like morbid actually because it's like we can't change this. You know, like I got to go live on a fucking f- plateau mountain top thing somewhere and just and just like like be in a commune or something yeah. and, I, and I get no none of the cool shit that I get to do here but I'm healthier I'm happier I'm just you know but you give up a lot it's hard to rip out I mean that's that's like a that's like a uber cocoon yeah. is like the karma of being born into this type of lifestyle you know and as I get older a part of me again a shadow desire or something I just want to be successful within this realm yeah. I want the phone and I want to, to be able to travel but come back and have the job and be better at the job, rise in the yeah. job, have the pro- have the par- the properties like monopoly style, have the yeah. building, have the passive income and the and the whatever whatever whatever. It's all in this western it's it's in my idea of an idea of the western society, yeah. you know, that is not even in the west anymore. It's like taken over a lot of the world. Yeah. But what's fun too, I'm digressing a lot though, it's just interesting that Western world is being filtered through Africa, India, 
China. Maybe not China so much, but I mean, well, they're they're At intrinsically, yeah, they're yeah. super connected, but they're yeah. very different. Yeah. But it it has to evolve. It can't survive in a lot of play. And then it, and then there's this pushback, and that and that global society is looking kind of hopeful. I feel there's oh, a yeah. lot of shit, but there's this. It can it, it left the West, and now some it's changing, and it's yeah. coming back to us. I think so. It's cool. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, anyway, <laughs> I think we need, yeah, I true. bounced around <laughs> Yeah, as I do. Yeah. But yeah, it's, I, I hope so, man. And it's, it's good to see that more and more people are coming out and, and just breaking the stigma of all these things. You know, you're, you're hearing stories everywhere now about, um, how people go to therapy and depression and like celebrities, the guy Tyson Fury, you know, this boxer fucking world champion uh, one of the best heavyweights to ever walk the earth he's incredible talking about a few months a few years ago he was alcohol addiction he was ready to kill himself and then just turn his life around and went back to boxing mm. you know like we need more of that and i see, we're seeing more of that which is beautiful we we're gonna get it because everyone is fucked up there's so many stats of like suicide rates and stuff and it's and the lies it's, it's too it's much already. plateau it's too much already the the bullshit we're fed you know, it's just everyone's seeing through the crap right now. You know what? You can't lie about. I mean, like you know, there's weird circumstances and and conspiracy theories, and I don't I'm, I don't mean that, but I mean in an in an honest sense, you can't lie about death. You know, when the when the Lincoln Park guy killed himself, maybe somebody killed. I don't know. You want to get into conspiracy theories and shit, but the point is, someone like uh, Jim Carrey also. You know, he's honest about the shit he's gone through, mm. and. It's interesting to see people who have the things that we think will make us happy and they're crying and they're trying to make you understand, maybe, but I thought it would make me happy and the fact is we're just human and there's something fundamental that we're doing wrong to ourselves and to each other and that needs to change for us to be happy. Not the, not the bank account, not the fame, yeah. nothing else works. There's some self-love. Like, Bo Burnham has a song from the perspective of God. I don't remember what it's called. All of his stand-ups are genius and weird. But he says, if you want my love, the love has to come from you. And he's talking as if he's God. And he's saying, like, I don't give you... Like, the love is... Like like I said something, God's love is always mutual. Remember yeah, that? Yeah. Like, that's what I meant. Yeah. It, it's yeah. There's this fundamental thing that's, like, in Buddhism and yoga and... And uh, Christianity and and all the religion, I, like it's there, and we talk about it, and we just don't believe anybody because it's like, nope, my reality tunnel is right. And yeah. then now we have enough fucking celebrities who are killing themselves, even though they are notorious, like they're 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 awesome in yeah. our eyes, yeah. and to them they're like, I don't deserve to live, or I can't anymore, or whatever the the emotion is in that moment that is so acute. And so chronic as well that they're just done, and you're. And it's like what, we're waking up, man. We're really waking up. And it's crazy because when you reach that celebrity status, it's your cocoon has changed a little bit to the point where, if you wanted to outreach and talk to people, it's not even a viable alternative anymore. People don't look at you as a human. You can't just go and just talk to someone in the street normally. There's you're gonna be bombarded with paparazzi, bombarded with fans. It's just. You've actually made it to this peak where it's the isolation has to be even stronger because 
you're a god status to some people, which yeah. is insane. In a way, in a way, it must be a lot worse. Yeah, in a lot of ways, of that. actually, because it's like, wow, I made it, and I still feel this way. What's wrong with me? Hmm. And I have no one now. Like, like Johnny Depp <laughs> has like probably four friends. Yeah, and an army of people that are like Johnny Depp Incorporated. You know, like, like fucking guards, publicists, everything, yeah. man. And that you can't do this because it might have this effect on this demographic, and like, is literally his life is controlled by how he's seen in public. It's funny to think something like the Illuminati is like natural for humans. <laughs> yeah. Because like just at that level of celebrityness, I don't know the English word. <laughs> celebrityness. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Of like that being known status. Yeah, like that that level like whatever you're going through, if someone else is going through it, you want to be friends with that person. Yeah. You're like, "Oh, you get me. You get it." Yeah it this out this exterior thing i'm a celebrity i'm part of this experience that you're also part of you know and and we talked about it once on the podcast like mike tyson's chilling with steve-o or something it's like they're like the same level fame a bit you know where there's like cross you know there's like layers of or uh of like famousness so that like you know johnny depp could go like maybe chill with i don't know like uh Kristen Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's a very small circle, man. Yeah. It's, you know, dar- Hollywood is dark, man. Um, I remember reading an article that, or I may have heard it in a podcast that there's actual fucking marketing strategy, publicist people that fake relationships between two actors and a musician or something just to All create this fucking storyline and eventually create a breakup just in line when the artist either comes out with a movie or with an album if they're a singer and it's all tied into this fabricated story that they push to the public just to get you interested in their life you know what's funny is i thought of that recently because it seems so coincidental that like it it makes sense if like i don't know emma stone and uh that guy from what's his name jonah hill like they did maniac on netflix recently i don't know why i'm thinking of that but let's say they're dating after yeah. that was a good show just watch I it. Didn't see it maniac on netflix oh, yeah. it's a sh- it's like a mini series so it's okay. like it's like a long movie essentially it's like a couple episodes so good really okay. so good i won't <laughs> even get into it it's just great great acting great everything just good to know so <laughs> hermani is growing up is that her emma stone is it no, that's Emma Watts. Oh, or okay. Emma, Emma Watson. Yeah, Emma yeah. Stone is the. Okay, I fucked up. I'm terrible with celebrity names, bro. I'm, I'm usually so better, out of. Actually. I'm so out of it. Uh, she was in Easy A. What else was she in? She was like she was like in Spider Man, but like the the Andrew Garfield one, like the middle one, not Tobey Maguire, but not the new guy. Bro, you lost me. I know. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, my yeah. point is, you're gonna be working together. You're gonna you're gonna get to know each other. You're gonna possibly fall in love by proximity. Yeah. You know, just convenience. But the thing is that these people are celebrities and publicity in some sense is a regard for them. It's a, it's a, it's in their consciousness. It's in the people who work for them's consciousness. They are a brand. Mm-hmm. And if someone, if, a, if the tabloids or whatever that exists, you know, is going to come out and say, Ooh, will they, won't they, or did they, or scandal this yeah. or love Rumor triangle that, yeah. then they just get ahead of it and they go, yeah, sure. You know, they, they're going to fucking do it anyway. Let's fucking pump some gas into that shit. And then just pretend you guys broke up and then maybe you got back together. I don't know. Yeah. But it doesn't they're, matter. They're it's just bringing, atten- it. it's bringing eyes. That's yeah. it. It's bringing eyes to the, to the movie. 
Yeah. Because movies are coming out left and fucking right, and that's their way of going, oh, yeah, there's a new Spider-Man or whatever. It's dark shit, man. It is, you know, uh, what's his name? That uh, that comedian, the dark horse guy, the poet guy. Oh, come on, brain. Dark horse, poets. Uh, the, do you know the joke about how he turned into Alex Jones? Like that old comedian. Bill Hicks. Bill Hicks. My man, Bill Hicks. If you don't know Bill, Bill Hicks, Hicks, go on YouTube right now and just search anything Bill Hicks. But him too, he's a bit he of like... He is Alex uh, Jones though, by the way. <laughs> I'm convinced. <laughs> Confirmed. Yeah, I'm convinced. That's an ongoing internet meme and it's true. Oh, it's funny. But they, they look alike, but I don't... Anyway, I don't want to get into it. <laughs> How did Bill Hicks die? Bill Hicks is Alex Jones. Uh, Cancer, I think. Cancer. That's what they say. That's what they say. <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> <laughs> he said... Bill Hicks, he his him too. It's like a, it's more of like a one man show. Like yeah. he's a he's an intense stand up comedian. Air quotes, yeah. exactly. And one of the jokes he said, I mean, if you can call it a joke, but he was like, if you're in marketing or advertising, kill yourself. Like <laughs> that was the punchline. He's yeah. like, he's like, if you sit around thinking about how to tweak this color and tweak this word just to get me to to buy a thing I don't fucking need, jump in front of a train. <laughs> like fuck you. Like he was just so mad. Yeah. He's the guy who said watching TV is like spraying your fucking third eye with black spray paint. <laughs> and I'll, like that's the guy we're talking about yeah. who, who had zero patience or empathy even for anyone in that in that because they're they are in a sense selling their soul. Yes. Like that sell your yeah. soul to the devil shit. You literally and the devil's money in this case or security or whatever. You know, we're all in this world. We're all trying or to make fame, a buck. I don't just, judge them, but you know, but it's, it's giving up ride. something to get there. You know? Exactly. Something human, something fundamental, yeah. something that we're forgetting and that's making everybody fucking depressed have because there's an us and them there. Have you seen the Black Mirror episode, the newer I'm one? I'm sure I have. It was one of the new ones with... Uh, Bandersnatch? I just like saying that. What's her name? Um, <laughs> the Miley Cyrus. Yeah. I, look, one. I didn't really like the episode, but the, the underlying it. theme was fucking terrifying. She's man. a pretty good actress. Yeah, I enjoyed was. it. Yeah, I just I thought it was a little bit childish at the end when they're all saving her. Like, Oh, like, fuck, man. I'm, I'm dying for happy endings. Yeah, that's fuck, true. especially in that show. Yeah, that's one of the you spoiler. Know sorry, I mean it's a uh, rough it's ending either here. way. Yeah, it's that's a, a good point. Spoiler. <laughs> yeah, if you haven't watched Black Mirror, get on Black Mirror, and it's not our fault for spoiling it. But well, we can at least warn. It's it's the Netflix era. Yeah, you know, it's true. I haven't seen the lo- the last season of Stranger Things yet, and that came out like a fucking seven months okay, ago. I won't spoil it for you. <laughs> <laughs> but you got to get on that. But yeah, that that episode fucked me up a little bit because you see the the behind the scenes and like it's not even her anymore. It's that was really deep too, deep cut, man. Yeah, I mean that's not what that expression means, but like it just the the the, her family, the 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 public face of her having a manager, like a momager sort of, who's like her aunt, because her parents died. Yeah, and then how they fucking hate each other. I mean. Honestly, at first, it was a natural kind of family fights thing, but they were like smiley on the camera. I understood it, but then it gets really dark. Yeah. Because she is just a businesswoman, and her fucking like surrogate daughter, actual niece, is a a a product. And I was like, I mean, you just love to hate those those characters, right? Like uh, like Joffrey from from Game of Thrones. Like I props the actress because it's like I wanted to fucking lace you. <laughs> I wanted to reach through the screen and beat Off you. Note: I think Joffrey ruined his career from that role. Because the hope world not. fucking hates him after that. Well, like, a Game of Thrones, a lot of people did. Yeah. Because you just like Ramsay, you can't you can't play a different role. The world is like you're a piece of shit. 
Isn't he? Which one's Ramsey? The one who created Reek. Oh God. Yeah, but he was he was he got that role because he's been in some other stuff. He okay. was in Misfits. He was really good in Misfits. Okay, but yeah. he's uh, he's been in a few things now actually. But yeah, he's probably burnt the burnt the, the bridge a little yeah. bit. This but is gonna go get into like entourage after, but let's let's continue <laughs> on. <laughs> entourage, like uh, oh, what's his name? Like the guy, the guy who got his eyes pressed in, the guy who got Oof, his fucking the, skull crushed. The prince there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Obrin. That guy is like I. The first time I saw him was like on The Mentalist, and he was like a side character. Yeah. But I could no. I just noticed that his acting was really on point. Yeah. And then you see him in Game of Thrones, and he's crushing it. He's been in some other stuff, and now he's he's the Mandalorian. Nice. He's the guy. I, I didn't know that. Nice. Yeah. Wow. And I mean, it's all it's all voice acting. Yeah. But it's him. And maybe it's not even him under the mask. Sometimes, like, cause it's like, like maybe it's a, like a body double or something. Yeah. I don't know. And they just dub it over. But he's he's an incredible actor. Anyway, Adam's bringing up for no reason, yeah. but like Game of Thrones, a lot of people are not going to survive that. You know, like the other dude was super sexy. Yeah, uh, which one? And he became Aquaman. You know, and the and the girl also. Hmm. You know, like what about the the what about the tiny guy? Uh, what's his name? Peter Dinklage. Yes. Yeah. The fuck is he in, man? He's a great actor. Yeah, he's phenomenal. I think he was in a recent movie. I, I, I just I need him in everything. Yeah, he he blows fuck, my his mind. His speech uh, when he was on trial. Yeah, I've been on trial my entire life. Yeah, for being a dwarf. That was a good one. That came from the heart, man. That wasn't acting. That was like pure, real emotion coming through. I really, I'm thinking of that exact moment. I feel like maybe it shook that's the world why. that scene, man. Yeah. I'll tell you, when I saw that, I'm like, Whoa. <laughs> you know, it completely shut everything. It sucked down. me in because yeah. usually he's just p- taking the piss. He's just yeah. being like the, no, the he, kind of intelligent but comic relief, like. Yeah. Has a plan, but is an asshole. He's literally a tiny uh, house. Yeah, like he's he's Doctor House. Yeah, he even kind of looks like him. He's witty, he's everything. Yeah, yeah, and he kind of looks like Doctor House. It's true. There's a meme about it. <laughs> it's hilarious. There's like a there's like a <laughs> picture, picture of him, it. and then like a mushroom from Super Mario, and then House, <laughs> and you see their faces side by side, and you're like, ha, <laughs> you know, like it works. Yeah, uh, that's, that's crazy. He's short. He knows he's short. It's not yeah. like he takes it super personally. No, he's definitely aware of it by now. <laughs> he needs a ladder for everything. Yeah. Or like one of those clicky Even in the grabber show things. Yeah. It's the whole thing in the show. Yeah. I mean, it's it's why he got the role. I assume yeah. the character in the books was a... It's a dwarf. Yeah. Whatever the... I don't know if that's the term, but in the, in the show... Can't say midget dwarf. anymore for some reason. That's like a bad thing. Apparently. Little person is the... That's yeah. a stupid term. Yeah. I, I don't even know if dwarf is is a correct term anymore so I don't know maybe he's a literally a dwarf like like in terms of like a disease or like a whatever yeah. genetic like dwarfism I don't know yeah. but I, for the sake of the show they call them know. a dwarf so I'm just going to go with that term <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that t- back to uh, the black mirror of just you see how the business side just overtakes and that for the example it was her aunt knowing that Miley Cyrus the character was on pills for depression and they were like forcing her was it were they giving her pills or were they giving her i forgot what they were doing they, they were, were giving her? her like they had a kind of on call like homeopathic like bullshitty doctor not that homeopathy is bullshit it's it's gaining a lot of traction <laughs> i'm just saying like there was this woo woo character who was like not a doctor but like not a doctor that's yeah. funny i'll tell <laughs> just, you why after yeah. um <laughs> and he, yeah they were feeding her pills but apparently it was making her like a little docile and like responsive to to their suggestions mm. and then when she stopped taking them she was like more 
Apparently, she hadn't been taking them for a while. Uh, yeah. Again, all spoiler alert. Yeah. There, like we won't, she's we won't spoil them. the ending part of it because it was pretty fucked up. The twist. The whole they, journey is yeah. is great. I but think I think we did kind of spoil the ending. Is happy, unfortunately. We're no, but that. that but we're what not happens gonna... when she she starts to deviate away from the pills? There was a pretty dark moment. Oh yeah, that got yeah. F- that. Yeah, yeah. we're we can't really. That would be ruining it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But that's now we can tie it into Entourage because I just watched Entourage for the first yeah, I, time. I thought you were kidding. Yeah, no, let's no, go no. into Entourage. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? But that was a great show. First of all, I never watched it. Okay, it's a really fucking good show, but. It shows you the behind the scenes of it's a comedy, but you see behind the scenes of scenes of Hollywood and how fucked up it is. Probably a very cringe comedy. Yeah, because there's a lot of real moments in there. Like, well, that's pretty fucked. And like the way the main character Vince, they make him do things based on how he's going to perceive to the public and not. And he keeps saying like, I don't give a fuck if I live in an apartment in the Queens. That's where I came from. I want to do this movie because I love acting and I love this script. And they're like, oh, it's a terrible movie. You should do this movie. And like, you see how. Yeah, you want to do your art, but there's a reality to how the public perceives you, and we have to feed that because you have a yeah. marketing team. So it was a very fascinating show, man. When you when you look deeper into it, the baby and the monster. Remember yeah. I talked about that yeah. from uh, what was that book called? Creativity Inc. Great book about uh, the guy who founded DreamWorks or something or Pixar. Mm. No, it's Pixar. Pixar. Yeah. yeah, the the cover is a silhouette of uh, Buzz Lightyear. Oh yeah, is it? Yeah, it's weird. It's he's about he's like he's like uh, he's gonna like conduct a like an orchestra yeah it's a very strange cover but anyway he talks about this concept it's a really good book he talks about the the baby and the monster and he says um the baby is like your creative side and like your need to express yourself and or or the idea for the business whatever but then the monster is the business it's the Mm -hmm. business side it's the fact that you need income you need people to know you need to know your demographic you need to do all you need to know all the boring shit you need to know all the statistics and the is this even feasible before we even get started let's crunch some numbers like all that business side stuff yeah is the monster and if you don't feed the monster it will eat your baby that's the trick you got a baby and a monster everybody does every idea every everything everything is like that and this guy's baby got too big and the monster got hungry you know or whatever i don't know the analogy falls apart a little bit but he got too famous for his own good the monster got too big and he had to keep feeding the monster before it ate the baby i guess yeah that's it it's the business side of it right because he his art became so big because like if you look at someone like nick cage I can't think of a really good example, but Nick, Nick Cage is a perfect one because he, because he he just takes everything. He's like a working actor, and there's a lot of working actors out there who are not nearly as famous as Nick Cage. You know, uh, you know, Bruce Willis is not a working actor. He got he got into some action roles and he just coasted. I yeah. mean, he still did a lot of hard work there. Sorry, Bruce, but I'm saying, you know, like Tom Cruise is a soup is like a movie star. Like it's not the same. Nick Cage is different. Yeah, he's just been in so much stuff. Yeah. He just says yes, man. He just goes yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And and uh, there's a lot of actors out there who are like, you know what? I turned this down, and then I did this, and it was. They said it was going to be bad, and my publicist, and then the nun, my agent, but I did it anyway, and it ends up being something like uh, like uh, Fight Club or something, where it's like maybe they didn't know what was going, they didn't know what to do with it when it first came out, but then everyone fucking loves it now. You know, or it becomes a cult classic or something like that. You've ever seen the movie that with the two brothers? Um, the boxing one? No, it was these two brothers. They started robbing shit. Um, no, not robbing shit. I think they started killing mobsters. It's a classic oh, uh, movie. <laughs> the Boondock Saints. Yes. Dude, I love that the movie. Boondock, you know the story behind it? No. Bro, it's a fu- there's a documentary on the director. He, he ended up getting zero dollars for that movie. 
What? And he like became fucking insane. He lives on the streets now. He just he lost his mind. They even made a second one, and it didn't suck. Yeah, the first one was incredible, though. Yeah. You know how this show, the movie, got popular? It was released in 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 stores. It was never made to film in the fucking in wow. theaters. I didn't know that. And then a couple of people started watching, like, "Holy fuck, this movie's amazing!" And it's how do you spread. Know this is there like a documentary? Yeah, or there's a doc. And I because years back, I'm talking early 2000s. I watched the Boondock Saints. My brother's like, "Let's watch this movie." It was a VHS, you know, we plug it in and it was the craziest fucking movie. We're like, what the fuck is this? So we started Willem Dafoe's in that. Willem Dafoe. The guy who played the Green Goblin. You know, do you remember the movie Well? No, I never seen that. No, no, no. Do you remember the movie movie Well? Well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not (laughs) a movie called Well. well. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure there is a movie called Well. That's, I'm sure, yeah. Yeah. Which, okay, pretty well in my mind's eye. Do you remember the, the cop? Cop. The oh yes, yes. That's he was in, Willem Dafoe. He, was in, uh, play, he wears a dress at the end yeah. and shit. Yeah. Yes. Bro, he put on his music and he's dancing classical music yeah, as he's like he figuring the, the scene out and shit. Exactly. Yeah. That was a great. So that movie stuck. I only seen it once, and I'm talking when I was like 14 year old Nate, and it stuck me up until now. I remember it because Dude. it was such a good movie. I love that movie. But when you hear the story behind it, it's even crazier how good it is. That is interesting. Because no one wanted to fund it. There was like, he was like struggling to finish the movie. He finally got it finished. No one wanted to put it in theaters. Just released it, I think. There's so many stories like that, I'm sure. But this movie went viral pre-internet, like before the internet was a thing. Like it's the early stages of viral. And then people are just like, whoa, what the fuck is this movie? (laughs) You know? It was interesting and it was like cathartic a little maybe for the right people also like these two brothers just like had a connection and they were like they were like working class schmoes in a restaurant or something like in a kitchen but they were geniuses they they could speak like 15 languages and shit because their parents were nuts (laughs) and they taught them all this shit and then they just go around like fucking lighting up gangsters and stuff and and everyone's watching like yeah (laughs) like there's so many movies like that now but that one no their friend Rocco the guy with the beard and the long hair and the trench coat, Rocco was their buddy and do always not. got into shit. I do not remember. Bro, you gotta, I gotta watch that movie. Rocco was it's a time. good character, man. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, and the way they filmed it, it was like there was an action scene, they showed the outcome and then they, they show like the investigation and then as they're figuring out the investigation, they rewind. You get to see it. And you see how it unfolds. Guy, yeah. I very fuck, good, I forgot very fucking that. good movie, man. Yeah, I'm down to see that again. Especially when you you know the timeline of when it came out. It's like, this movie is way ahead of its time. Had that movie came out in this era, it would have fucking been Blockbuster, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, probably tweaked a little bit. Like, yeah. Blockbuster now is like cookie cutter. Like, it's That's all true, Disney. Yeah. It's all like, one movie has a bit of action, a bit of love interest, uh, a bunch of CGI, a yeah. bunch of humor. It's like, one movie is an everything bagel. You know, it's like, fuck, bro. Yeah. Like, I watched, uh, what was it called? Maybe they made it a show. At at Heaven's Gate or something? Mm. At Willem Dafoe, actually. Okay. And Or Hell's Gate? No, I don't remember. But it's uh, it's a movie about Van Gogh. And, dude, it's Mm. like a slow, weird movie. And it kind of takes you on this journey where he's, like, losing his mind. And, like, and it's, I don't know, like, you get into the feeling of the character. But you need patience. Even I was watching this, and I like it. And I'm a movie, like, fanatic a Mm. little bit. And I, I feel the recent years fucked me up a little bit it was losing my my attention sometimes yeah. and i was forcing myself to stay on it yeah. but i mean it was an incredible movie the music wow. the art the the way it was shot the way it ended there was so much thought put into it and there's a lot of thought put into how to make these other movies that i'm bashing but it's like a it's like a diagram or a like i said like a cookie cutter like a factory 
the pieces, it's all preset. It's all yeah. like beep, boop, beep, boop. So we need this, we need this, yeah, we need like, a love okay, scene. Indiana Jones, yeah. but this time it's yeah. Bigfoot, and yeah. then, okay, go. And you push the button, and, and then actors and f- comedy, love interest, everything is just done, you I, know, like the, the, the new Star Wars movies. I didn't see them. But I had the I'm same realization rant. with The Irishman, you know. A lot of people love that. You didn't like it, I, huh? I, I Look, I really liked it, but I thought, I think I've been hit by the years, too, because... Yeah. It's a slow. It was a slower movie. It was slow, but you know what? The last thirty minutes, and this is my. That's break, why it got a lot of love. Yeah. Because it was a weird movie. I liked the it though. Yeah. Just I think I don't know why I'm. The last thirty minutes hit me super hard though, and this is my breakdown of it. And this is a spoiler alert. If you didn't watch it, just uh, skip through this a little bit, or <laughs> listen at your own discretion. Um, the last thirty minutes. I think was one of the most powerful scenes in all the cinema for me. And it really hit me to the point where I felt actually depressed for a few days after. Oof. Wait, I haven't seen it either. Okay. So you're, you'd be ruining it for me right. as well. All right. Well, watch it soon. Cause I want to <laughs> give it, you this breakdown. Is it good it. enough that I, that you don't want to ruin it for me? Well, it's not even a good ending. It's just, it's just the, the underlying message. If I tell you, it won't even change the movie for you. I'm down. Yeah. Still spoiler alert. Yeah. Just spoiler. Alert anyway, but keep it, going. It's not like a, it's not like a big, uh, big kaboom kaboom ending like like oh i didn't see that coming it's just it's just the the ripple effect of the whole story so it's just it's really nothing more but basically what happens is um the last like 10 15 20 up to 30 minutes i forgot the timeline you just see de niro aging you know he's in he's like in prison he sees all his friends dying he's getting older and then like he's being just you're seeing him through his aging process and then he's slowly dying and he's being treated by a nurse and the whole process was really long and stretched out. And I think this is my breakdown. It could be completely off or completely on, but this is how I felt. I felt like Scorsese was sending out a message that De Niro was him and he's showing that the, that era is ending with him and that the, the whole world has moved on from the gangster, um, the gangster genre and that whole long form movie of just slow buildups and, and script and storyline and just raw acting. Mm. And it was like the death of the genre. It was raw more acting. I yeah. love that you said that just now. Bro, did you see uh, Hateful Eight? Yeah. Bro, it was five, six guys in a room the whole movie and it was fucking epic. That's raw acting. I mean, it's a, it's a Tarantino also. So yeah. like, you know, it's going to but just but emphasize. Think of how simple it was. Four, five, six guys in a cabin in the winter stuck. Conversation, you know? Dude, conversation. Have you ever seen uh, Sunset Limited? I don't think so. Dude, it's Sam Jack and Tommy Lee Jones, and they're just in a room talking the whole time. Fucking and beautiful. it's a great movie because it's like they walk into the to Sam Jack's apartment, and he's like, and Tommy Lee Jones is like, just let me go, man. It's fine. I'm fine. And he's like, what do you mean it's fine? Like he, it turns out like he works for the subway, hmm. and this guy tried to kill himself. Tommy Lee Jones's character tried to kill himself, and the guy was working like right where he jumped, and the guy like landed on him or like landed in his arms or something. Like, the, like maybe he's exaggerating the, yeah. when he says the story because you didn't see that scene. It just starts them walking into the apartment, and then it, they just sit down, and like, essentially, Sam Jack is the light, and Tommy Lee Jones is the is the darkness, hmm. and they just are debating. You know, wow. one has faith, and one sees the darkness, but chooses to be the light and the other one is is fed up but the other is, one is done this is archetypal archetype to archetypal archetypal archetypal, archetypal storylines this is way deeper than just two guys in a room talking this is in, once you I, go in the unconscious i think i'm putting it in a cool context yeah. you know but in the end but it's that's why it's so fucking good. amazing movie but that's why it's so good but it's, it's this yeah 
It's just two guys it's just talking. Yeah. But they're the best. Tommy Lee Jones and Sam Jack. No one's ever heard of this movie. Yeah. Sunset Limited. I'm Go watch that shit. But let me bring it back to the, the my breakdown no. of the Sunset Irish Limited. <laughs> <laughs> but dinner, at, dinner with Andre. It's another movie where t- I'm not going to let him do it. Dinner with Andre. Anyway. What other movies where they're just talking? Um, where they're just talking? It's probably a few. Well, that other movie, too, was pretty much taking place in a warehouse. It was a Tarantino movie, uh, one of his earlier ones. Uh, oh, so, uh, Reservoir Boulevard Dogs. Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of talking. Great about. acting. All man. of his movies, yeah. a lot of talking. Fucking Pulp Fiction, bro. There was like a 20 minute scene in a diner, and <laughs> yeah. it was epic. You know, pure dialogue. What were you gonna say? Uh, Irish movie. Okay, you were continuing. Yeah, I was gonna. Okay. I thought it was called Boulevard or something, but it wasn't. It was a. Uh, it was. Um, uh, Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. But oh, so there was one scene. What a movie. There was one scene where De Niro was talking to his nurse, and she's like a younger person and taking care of him. And he's like, uh, you know who Jimmy Hoffa is? And then she's like, who? He's like, oh, never mind. Like, that was a scene. And I think that was a statement ter- um, Scorsese. Scorsese was making to just say, like, the younger generation, because he's a very imagery-based director, and, like, there's deep meaning beyond what he does. And that scene was put in there for a reason. It wasn't just a scene of yeah. conversation. And that, that's when it, my whole realization came. It was like, he was like, oh, yeah, the younger generation's taking over, and the past is forgotten. You know, the guy... And that's why he stretched that ending because a lot of comments I heard is like, oh, skip the ending. It's not worth it. It's just long and boring. It was more for him, I guess. It was for him. It was a closure for himself. He's like, look, man, it's fucking, it's going to be my death soon. I'm coming to terms with it. And the genre after me is dead too. It was a very hard ending when you break it down like that. And maybe now seeing it through that lens, when you watch it, you might be like, holy fuck. For sure. It's going to be, yeah. it's going to mean so much more for him. Like she doesn't know who Jimmy Hoffa is. Yeah. You know, she just... Didn't, and you see De Niro I don't know. I know the name yeah. I, I honestly don't even know much about him I'm as guilty as you are I just know that he vanished yeah. I watched the movie and that's something. the first time really you know but that's <laughs> you can google it I yeah. guess and that's it that scene you also see how De Niro slowly dying and withering away with time and it was so deep it was really fucking deep and I mean it's true too because like the like I wanted to go see Motherless Brooklyn in theaters and it's like this is like a pet project by, by Edward Norton and he's one of the best actors I can I can call out on you know and uh, Alec Baldwin's in it Bruce wow. Willis is in it wow. like it's a it looks like an amazing movie and it was in like select theaters it was like only at the the forum or something and I missed it it was it, like no one wanted to see it it's like probably a slow movie it's like a 50s like period piece or some shit like that mm. and everyone's just like whatever and all I hear is Ed Norton wrote and directed a movie and like they all made it with their own money pretty much you know and and it's like a he gets to play what he's good at which is someone with like a a twist you know like uh in primal i don't want to even talk about it because i'm going to ruin it it was one of his first he was so young in that movie and he was already an amazing actor or like in uh that movie with de niro where he like pretends to be like disabled mentally disabled anyway in this movie he has tourette's and ocd and it's it looks fascinating because he's like depicting i mean he's just a great actor mm. and and it's like he's the he's the assistant of bruce willis which is a he's like a detective or like a you know like a private eye or something and he goes missing so so edward bruce norton's willis, character bruce yeah. willis goes missing so edward norton's character has to like use everything he's learned from his mentor to try to find him mm. and the bad guy is alec baldwin who's like this kind of like unspoken mayor of the city but it turns out he's actually like a real mobster Mm. and he's based on a real character in real life so there's like this 
little bit of history in the movie, but Whoa. they don't use real names and stuff. And fuck, man, Whoa. that movie looks so good, and nobody gives a fuck. You know, like a small. I'm I'm the twenty percent, I think, where I just, you know, I don't like cars. There's people yeah. who just love cars and they <laughs> go deep into it. I'm the, I'm like that with movies, so yeah. I don't expect everyone to be like that. Yeah. But it's Jeez. it's sad. Have you heard of Parasites? Uh, yeah. I haven't seen it, but I heard. It's it's one of the best movies out right now. That makes me happy though because it's it's like a foreign film, like people yeah. say, and it's like, dude, it's like America and then the rest of the world doesn't make sense. Yeah. Then you go on Netflix. There's like a whole Indian section, a whole Korea, a whole Korean section, yeah. a whole French section. Like it's happening, man. Yeah. We're we're waking up to that kind of stuff, and that might be the salvation because in America, it's dead. Yeah. It is dead. It's, it's all cookie cutter. It's all fucking gone. Even like Hobbs and Shaw, that that movie. I was watching half of it at my friend's house. I left. I couldn't take it. Like the seventeenth like, Fast and the Furious, and yeah. it's a spinoff, no and, less. But like, I left Hobbs off. and Shaw like halfway, and then my friend texts me later, and he's like, "Yo, you missed the Rock pulled down a helicopter," and then my like, it was kind of saying it in a joking manner. I'm like, "Like that's this is film like the Rock. I love him to death, but pulling down a helicopter, like you're turning these people into like cartoons." Yeah, well, dude, there's a, there's like one scene in one of the in like the fourth one or whatever where he like stomps on the ground hard enough to break it <laughs> because they're like on a they're like on some highway like overpass thingy or something and it's, yeah. it's like they know that it's old and he literally just stomps on it so that it breaks and like is that was that part of your plan? <laughs> that was like what if that just didn't work? You just yeah. stomped on it. Well, there was a scene in like Fast Furious 16 or 17, whatever number it is, where <laughs> him and Jason, The Rock and Jason Stadium were driving full speed into each other, like full on pedal to the metal, smash into a crazy fucking car axe, head on collision, and they get out and have a fist fight. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just looking, I'm like, I can't watch this anymore, man. It it's, was bad for me ever since Tokyo Drift because it was all yeah. CGI. The yeah. first one, it was all real cars and a cool story. It's fucking sick. Yeah, man, and fucking... But that's Hollywood, man. That's Paul the monster. Walker. That's exactly what you're talking about, the monster and the baby. The monster is way too big right now, and the baby's oh, getting eaten. You know, again, again, a quote from uh, Bo Burnham, but he said, we'll, st- we'll stop beating this dead horse when it stops spitting out money. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa, that's true. That's from his song. Literally, It's literally called Repeat Stuff. He just makes fun of pop music. Whoa, I love repeat that. Stuff, repeat stuff. Repeat stuff. It's a deep stuff. quote, though, man. It's a good, it's a funny song. Yeah. It's a very. He's just a genius. Yeah. Bo Burnham is a fucking genius, man. That's and the problem. There's no way. This is. It's been an hour. It's Did my phone not beep? I have no clue. I don't know either. You want to cut it? Tom will interrupt us. Yeah, okay. I'm not in a rush. It's all good. We just we just rifted on <laughs> movies. Fuck we got yeah. so deep at the beginning, and then we're just like, yo, what about fucking. <laughs> Boondock Saints, like yeah, yeah, <laughs> Just man, fanboying out, having a good time with it. But I don't know, like we can talk a little bit because we were mentioning a lot of roles that can ruin your career. Mm. Like uh, back to Entourage, for example, the guy Ari Gold. If you ever watch Entourage, I'm just telling you, man, it's a fucking epic show. For up until seasons five, six, seven, we're not so good. I'll tell you after why I probably can't watch it. Okay, but please continue. But Ari Gold was like the underlying main character. Oh, it's the guy from uh, Smoke and Aces. Smoking Aces. Oh, what's that actor's name? Shit, Sm- he's such a good actor. The guy they were all trying to kill in Smoking Aces, the magician. Anyway, it's Ari, Ari Gold. Gold. Yeah, yeah, he's the he's the executive, um, the agent for, of Vince, the, the main character. But this guy, I I was watching a recent interview on him. He's a fascinating dude. Said this this role kind of ruined his life. He had to because mm-hmm. in the show he was like the sexist monster. 
uh, fucking verbal, like like the worst words you can use to everyone, to women, to to oh, gay yeah. men, to even men, Oof. everyone. But that's rough. If you look underline what he's saying, it was all out of love and just passion. Like he really was a good guy, even in the show, even though he said a lot of negative shit. Like he still cared about his family and his friends, and would do anything for anyone. Hmm. So he was a he was a very complex character. That's so funny. Like the the first time I ever got wind of this concept, I was very young. And I was watching some like TV documentary about the Adams family, the old show. Like, and and uh, the kid who had pl- played uh, Pugsley, yeah, was what could not. He was what they call typecasted. So it's like he was stuck in a role that was now over, and he just he he was that person. he was like chained yeah. to. He couldn't be an actor anymore. Essentially, it was it was horrible. Yeah, you become that character, and that could be the end of your career as well. Yeah, and I that's what happened to Ari Gold. He he said though. In interviews recently, see, I even call him I as Ari Gold, and his name is like Eric Piven or something. I don't yeah, know his name. And um, he said like his blood pressure raised, like he was had health problems after that that series ended because he had to scream so much and just be this amped up testosterone monster. Wow, you know, and body. Like, yeah, it's literally in real real repercussions in real life that he had to face. I believe it. You know, it's fucked up. Yeah, it's and he was talking like he's like I was like a fucking like a musical play actor like I, I was doing plays and Broadway shows and then I got into this role and it just fucking became this thing yeah you know and he's never been I don't think he's been in anything big since wow you know? that's unfortunate because he's a great actor yeah he's one of those like I love his acting I love watching him on screen yeah man uh, oh yeah you know what I'll tell you I'll tell you now okay. so this is why I probably will never watch a show there's um, there's these glory days of this this website called crack.com and okay. those days have been over for like a decade now. But they made a bunch of there's our time. They made a bunch of videos that are all on YouTube. They're all great. There's there's uh, obsessive pop culture disorder. After hours. These are all hilarious. After hours is like my favorite. But there's um, there's one called uh, what is it? Something notes. I don't remember. But it's just it's like them filming themselves like as a skit. But they're sitting down working for cracked. So it's like very. It's a little bit meta. Um, and they literally just break down how the entire show seems to be like a like a uh, like a practical joke on the actors. Hmm. And I mean, our time's up. I won't get into yeah. it, but find that video. Well, just type in like crack.com it was a entourage. Pra- I want to see this, dude. It's so good. Yeah. It's so funny and clever. Especially after I see it, I want to see how it parallels. Yeah. Well, I'd love to. Yeah. I'd love your thoughts on it. All right. That's so cool. let's get the fuck out of here. All right, everyone. We I hope we didn't you. bore you guys with some movie talk. You know, we just fucking riffed on it, riffed it on it. We started off pretty deep though, so I think uh, you guys will resonate with that at least. <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was a little palate cleanser at the end. <laughs> but hey, yeah. uh, social media, the bitch. Share us, like us. Five star us on iTunes. You don't even have to leave a comment or anything, but if you do, we love you for it. And subscribe and, uh, to our YouTube channel. We just put up. We just oh, put yeah, up. Man. We yeah. got some videos. You can see our faces now. That's yeah, pretty you can uh, see our sexy bodies yeah. doing pull ups and yoga and shit. Yeah. And anyway, it's, it's coming. Stay curious and tune in next time. Salmon <laughs> man. Oh, that was fun, man. That was a good one. <laughs>